I'll look up and I'll say, Miss DeVos, uh, what what brings you in? The gift cards are for Ilva's custom weaponsmithing. Good for one tune-up. So the drift market is sort of a gray market bazaar that's in the drift. As she's ringing you up, from the back of the shop limps the person you can only assume to be Terry and Ilva. It looks oh. like the guy from Shape of Water dressed like Dracula. <laughs> Make all haste back to the Galarian system. The Soul Forge has resurfaced. Welcome, one and all, to the Die by the Dice podcast. We're an actual play tabletop RPG in Starfinder. Thank you for joining us on our space adventure. I'm John, and I'll be the GM for this game. I'm Jessica, and I play Noemi Domash, the Lashunto Technomancer and Captain of the Gep. I'm Lisa, I play Kerr Sylvanan, a Vesk soldier. I'm Tom, I play Lycos 9, the Solarian android. And I'm Brent, and I'm playing Sparks, the Ahsoki mechanic. Alright, so making your way back to Absalom Station, Tom, as a pilot, why don't you go ahead and roll me a d6. That's terrifying. I'll roll the d percent. One. I blame Brent for that, it hit his hand. If that's bad, that's Brent's fault. You went into his dice territory, you've been corrupted. His bad luck just drew the die toward him. All right, that's actually for travel time, so it's only going to take you three days to get back Woo-hoo! to Absalom. Okay. Boom, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we take it all back, Brent. No, no, no. you leave that. <laughs> I'm taking that. It is my fault. <laughs> I meant we, te- we take back like the insults and the throwing you under the bus part. I don't. <laughs> so drift travel happens quietly. There's no negative interactions on this trip. On the way, you see a few distant points of interest, but there's no time to explore them right now. As you transition back to the material plane, you see Avala's cruiser amidst the other ships of the Armada. Nailed it. <laughs> I hope you leave the nailed it in. We'll um, cut out everything else so it has no yeah. context. <laughs> um, so I think we should head... Uh, we'll, uh, to the ship? Yes, I'll let you... Kn- you heard me. <laughs> so I'll, let, I'll, I'll tell Lycos 9 to pilot us over there. <laughs> I was already doing that, Captain. Good job. You have wonderful forethought. Read my mind. As you are making your way over to Avala's cruiser, Kerr, your comblings. I'll answer it. It says, automated package service for Kerr Sylvanen. If you are Kerr Sylvanen, please respond in the affirmative. I'll hit one or whatever the appropriate button is. Okay. Zero for operator. Yeah. You say yes. Oh. Respond in the affirmative. Yes. This is she. Affirmative confirmed. Affirmative confirmed. We have a package for you, Kerr Sylvanen. Shipping has already been paid for or can be picked up at one of our facilities. Mirror's location. There are four locations of the shipping service on Absalom Station. So I'd have to go to the station to get it. Shipping to you has already been prepaid. So they can ship it directly to you if you like. Sure. Please turn your locator on your comm and a shipping droid will be to you momentarily. Boop. All right. Um, There's like a little loading bar and it says package incoming, arrival one hour. Are, how close are we to the ship, the big uh, ship? You're probably about 10 minutes away. Okay, so is it a bad idea to get mail delivered to our crazy <laughs> dragon lady boss? I love the idea of being in this monstrous like fortress of a ship and then just suddenly, like, package for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit presumptuous. At Can I delay? dramatic moment. Just boop, I have a feeling we, need, we might need this package. I, I, I feel like, too. All right, I'm just going to leave it on then. But I will, I will tell the others. I'm expecting a package in about one hour. We've been getting a lot of packages lately. I'm awesome. <laughs> Are you spending a lot of time on Space Amazon? <laughs> Spamazon. Spamazon. <laughs> monsters. <laughs> <laughs> monsters. What was it? 
Absamon? Well, that's what he's been doing. Oh, the oh Abazom or something. Abazon. Abazon. <laughs> Abazon. It's even worse. <laughs> Maybe it's from my auntie. She did send you that awesome accessory to your dashko. Yes. All right. So you make landing and are once again sort of brought via escort to Evala's receiving chamber, the massive space. As you get in there, she brushes off the guard and says, Leave us. I will speak with them myself. They give a bow and then depart. She motions to the chairs and sits down at her desk. I stand behind Captain's chair. Guard position standard. I say hello. I say it's good to see you again. Yes, it would be. So what is this? Uh Uh-oh. Sparks (laughs) makes a face. (laughs) So what is this soul forge? It is a holy temple of Yomade. Of Yomade? I was going to say, do we know what that is? Yo, Yo, mama. What'd you call me? (laughs) (laughs) Them's fighting words. (laughs) Was it the first Yo Mama joke was in a Shakespeare play? Yep. Yeah, I think it is. Shakespeare was not as serious as people think. No, no, he was not. Lots of butt jokes and Mm. dick jokes. And people and meat pies. (laughs) Cheery. He was an interesting man. (laughs) The Soul Forge is an Iomidean temple that resides typically in the sun of the Pact Worlds. It has emerged and resides amongst the burning archipelago for the time being. I have secured a passage for the lot of you into its number. This should serve as an apt crucible to temper our gem. Do we know what any of those things are? Yoma Day, burning archipelago. I mean, I have Mysticism some inference. Mysticism, uh, so burning archipelago, no check required. It's a series of shielded satellites that actually make close orbit around the packed world's star. Okay. And Yoma Day? Yoma Day, mysticism would be appropriate here. 10. 25. Ooh. So, killing it over there. <laughs> I know all about Yomade. <laughs> I've been studying up on all those long drift flights. I've just been cramming that Yomade. <laughs> so you A Yomade keeps the doctor away. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> the same motion from both of the boys. <laughs> face oh. face palm. <laughs> Picard face palm. Rubbing the eyes like, no. <laughs> My head was about to explode from that one. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> yeah, girl. All right. Yomade is the got- lawful good goddess of honorable battle, humanity, justice, and valor. She is said to have been a mortal human on Galarian far long or long before the gap, and ascended into godhood. Uh, though her favorite people have moved to the stars, uh, Yomade still watches over them, and the Sun is said to be one of her domains. While she is the patron goddess of humanity, her worshippers extend to basically good warriors of all stripes, and her worship has taken up a small but zealous group amongst the Viscarium, who see her tradition of honorable combat as something to be sought after. Uh, she's also worshipped by a number of Solarians. Not this one. When are we to depart? Immediately. Sounds good. When she says... When she says that, does she indicate like the direction we should head? Because <laughs> if she does, I just start going. No, not not immediately. She says, or not and not at the moment. She says, "I'd like you to all be on your best behavior. It was not easy to secure a passage for you all there." What are you looking at me for when you say that? You seem to have a problem with right authority there, Mister Sparks. It's <laughs> uh, fair enough, I suppose. I seem to recall you still running your mouth while being crushed by a dragon, so... <laughs> perhaps Unjustly it is... so, I would still argue. 
I, Perhaps we should leave this discussion <laughs> for another day. I have a feeling that we should be on our way soon, yes? We will keep him on his best behavior. Most mortals seem to have a sense of self-preservation that I did not quite seem to, <laughs> to get from you in that instance. That's what he has us for. Yeah. We helped keep him alive. Very well, I'm counting on it. You may depart when ready. And she dismisses you with a, a gesture as she does the large doors the opposite side of the room open up and your escorts are there to return you to the hangar. Okay, so when she was saying that she's arranged for us to go there, we're not going on the get then. I assumed we would be. Uh, she didn't seem to mention it one way or the other. Hmm. So she secured us passage, so perhaps it's simply a... Maybe some page or something will give us some more information. She's yeah. an important woman. So when we get out to the, the escort, I ask them, uh, where are we heading? We're heading to your ship. We are to tag along to ensure compliance. I gotta, like, look at him for a second, then shrug, and then just kind of briskly walk towards the ship. And then obviously we know your package is coming, so we'll wait until Kerr's package arrives before we leave. So it's only about another 20 minutes or so. Once you arrive back on the get, you're shown to exit the cruiser. But once in the Armada, it's only about 20 minutes before there's a little kind of pinging beep that says, like, your package has arrived on your comm. Hmm. And there is a a lock on the sort of outer airlock of a small transport ship attaching to it. More of a large drone than a, a ship, really. I will go to collect my package. Okay. Just thinking of anglerfish. <laughs> Yeah, I can see the comparison. So it pops through a little airlock, and you have a package that's about a foot and a half on all sides. It's like a metal crate. Uh, the crate is addressed to Kurt Sylvanen, and uh, the sender seems to be someone named Blizzard Mane. Uh, you recognize this name as one of your old mercenary compa- uh, comrades. Oh, hey. He was a Leonin, uh, basically like a, a lion man, to put it so bluntly. Uh, and he was earned his nickname of Blizzard Mane for his shock white mane of fur. Awesome. And his preferred Twitter handle, I would imagine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello, friend. Happily spotted, yeah. Brent. <laughs> All right, you open it up? Yes. Kaboom. No, I'm just <laughs> No, it's... A, a hole is ripped in the gap. <laughs> an explosion this time? We've had enough explosions. <laughs> we all die. The end. <laughs> There's a little hollow message. You can see the grizzled face of Blizzard Mane. They usually put a little wear on him, but his still telltale fur seems to be very robust nonetheless. Old friend. He says, Kerr, I hope this finds you well. I know I wouldn't be in one piece if it weren't for you. So, I'm sure whatever you're doing now, you're still getting in the middle of trouble. So hopefully this will help out a bit. You saved my hide, so maybe this can save yours. Keep fighting the good fight. Hopefully see you around sometime. We'll have a drink together. Uh, and inside are a set of flash blinders. They are an armor upgrade that can slot into your armor. They can be activated to emit a blinding flash of light in the 20-foot radius. Ooh. Awesome. Uh, everyone in 20 feet of you, but not you, uh, needs to make a reflex saving throw or be become blinded for one round. Can she warn us and tell us to close our eyes? We need a code word. Like doing so would sort of spoil the surprise for everyone around you trying to blind, I suppose. Hence the code word. Yeah. Saving uh, throw against blindness. The DC is going to be 12 plus your dex mod, and they recharge automatically after one minute. Sweet. There's a little kinetic storage mod in the armor that just one minute of wear will charge them back up. Can we get specially made glasses that darken when the thing goes off? Sparks, get on it. Yes. All right, on it. It'll also work for other sort of dazzle effects. Nice. 
Yep. I, I immediately put these on my armor. <laughs> All right. Does your armor have a upgrade slot? I don't know. I have Lishan to Ringwear. I could literally put that in me. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I roll when I want to do it? You roll nothing. You say, I do oh, it. Sweet. And they they have to make the save 12 plus dex. Yes. Is that a homebrew thing? Uh, I don't see no, it's in uh, pack, the Pact Worlds. Oh, book. that thing. Oh, okay. Um, now, as a move action, I'll give you a little tactical help here. You can, if you're in, already in melee rage with somebody, you can activate it first, blind them, and then wail on them with your doshko if you want to. Okay, so it's a regular action? Move. It's a move it's action. It's a move action. Yeah. But if you're already in if melee I'm with them, you don't need to. If I'm up in their to, business, yeah. mm-hmm. you, yeah. smash. Exactly. All right, so where do you install the flashbinder crystal on your armor? Right. I'm like, like <laughs> shoulders, right? On, on the front, shoulders. Yeah, let's do shoulders. Okay. <laughs> she was pointing a little too low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You flash them and they go blind. (laughs) Part of me wants to do that just because it's funny now. (laughs) All right, so there's a note on the back as well. So, because it's a radius, so it hits all around. So you've got a mirrored pair on the back. Oh, how many, like, where, how many spots do I put them in? Oh, I mean. Or is it just like an all around thing? It's an all around thing. The set you got covers a radius burst. So you're not just like coning, flashing in front of you, you're flashing everyone in. A 20-foot mm-hmm. radius all around. <laughs> no need to spin. It just happens. <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, that's going to come in handy. Wait, what is your dex modifier, though? My dex? Plus one. But they have to beat it. Yeah. Oh, plus my, de- my dex? So they have yes. to beat a 13. 13 oh. is their DC. Okay. And soon mm. we will be... Well, hopefully. We're level four now, by the way. Oh, whoopsie dude. So once we're level five, though, right, we like get to have more ability. Oh, yeah. Big old upgrades. We get to up our abilities, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once you up that, and then one, that'll be that'll a plus be a... two. Mm-hmm. And then they gotta be at a plus fourteen. Mm-hmm. DC fourteen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So you have the coordinates. You're given the coordinates for the Soul Forge. Set a course for the sun. Yep. I guess so. <laughs> Ugh. We're flinging ourselves into the sun, everybody. When you put it that way. (laughs) That way. Are there Mm -hmm. any preparations we need to make? Do we have sufficient supplies? Do we need to... Can the ship's shields handle getting that close to the sun? Sunglasses. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, do we need to bring, like, our summer gear? Bring my board shorts. It'll it'll be a lot of fun. (laughs) Ice packs. (laughs) That's not work appropriate. I wore flip flops to work today. It was dressed down today. I was like, that's Aha. dangerous. You could stub a toe or get your toes stepped on. Workman's comp. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our work is weird now. Like, our dress code is literally like, if you think it's okay, then it's okay. And I'm like, that's a really dangerous dress code. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tom, go ahead and roll a d6 for travel time. That was not a d6. Four. All right, it's going to take six days to make it to the sun. Okay, you so have sufficient supplies, okay. and your ship is adequately shielded. If your shields go down, then you may take additional damage, but you're not like flying into the heart of the sun. The heart of the yeah. sun, yeah. You mean star? I mean sun. It's the really? sun in the pack world system. Ooh, fancy. So, I mean, technically, not it's technically a... how that works, but okay. We're gonna run with it. So they have called their one. They have called their central star the sun, just like we have called our central star the sun. Okay. Um, it doesn't have another name, so it's the sun. All right, then. 
uh, somebody who, whoever goes back to the beginning of the, of the episode for their homework is going to hear us having this exact same argument <laughs> like episode four or something. Probably me then. I was like, I think we've had this discussion before. I didn't remember. All right. Well, we found a star. We win. At least we were consistently pedantic. <laughs> Yay. That was pretty bad. Yeah, I think that makes us jerks, but okay. <laughs> no, it makes us consistent. Consistent jerks? Yes, which is okay. So, six days worth of travel. Kerr. Ah. Uh. Because you got it wrong. Sucker. You're in your chambers, your small room. Okay. Uh, just have some downtime. It's not your shift to be on watch or anything like that. You have a few ranks in piloting, don't you? Or do you? Yes, I do. Okay. So... Because you're largely just setting a course and then sticking on it, you're probably actually piloting in shifts. Uh, it's not a long-haul trucker <laughs> like those <laughs> nine for six days straight, <laughs> popping uppers and trying to stay at the helm. You're, you're swapping out because you've got four capable pilots on ship. What if I wanted to do that? You need a trucker hat then. Are you saying I don't? Do you? I could. So my turn at the wheel. The Capable pilot. I was. We all are, are quite capable at piloting. Oh, really? okay. Yeah, you have ranks, sparks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. We're awesome. So yeah, you're probably doing like four or six hour shifts or something like that, just to make sure you all stay stay vital. So someone's not like totally zonked when they get there. But Drifting slightly to the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to make sure you're on target in this one. You overshoot. Goodbye. So, so do we have. Is especially it... every time Lycos gets back in the chair, he's like recorrecting the course from everybody else, mm -hmm. messing it up. Oh, so is, it like, like off? is it like desert bus where like we're slightly pulling to the right, so we have to keep <laughs> correcting it towards Every the left? Every 15 seconds, just left a little bit. So overall, it's a pretty smooth transition. You do have to adjust the chair a little bit to fit your various morphologies, but... Sparks is so short, I'm adjusting the thing. <laughs> it's like cranked way up there, like yeah. boosted. You can't even get in. He's sitting on a dictionary. <laughs> and it doesn't matter who he's getting into the seat after. Lycos always appears way more irritated than everybody else because it's his seat. Mm -hmm. You think we could like set a maybe Sparks could work on one of those things where it's a push button, like oh, you know how fancy settings? cars, yeah, yeah. like oh. fancy cars have like Sparks definitely has like pedal extenders and like all kinds of crazy shit, so I don't have to adjust anything. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Kurt, you're off duty, <laughs> and over your room comms, you hear knock, knock, knock. Come on in. All right. Uh, th thank you, Miss Kerr. Uh, I couldn't really knock on the door properly, so I, f I figured this would be the, the next best thing. Oh, that's exactly what I thought happened. He just said knock, 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 knock. a few yes, times. That's did. fantastic. <laughs> How are you, Renault? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm a bit excited, but also a little nervous. Uh, Sparks was, in, in my conversation with the Parks, uh, there's a lot of talk about me having a body again, and I'm... Somewhat apprehensive, but at the same time, I've come, I've, I've come to be used to my new surroundings. You can adopt pretty quickly, I see, or as I have come to recognize. And you've been a tremendous help. What is it that you actually want? I don't think we've actually talked at length about what you would have wanted. Well, I, as, I, as I mentioned, I was, a, I was a tech, a ship's tech, an engineer, and a, a pretty darn good one, if I do say so myself. From what I've seen, I agree. Uh, Miss Kerr, you're, you're too kind. Uh, but uh, one thing I was certainly not is a, a fighter. I'm not a man of action, or wasn't, I suppose. 
Uh, so I was hoping, uh, if I am able to get a body, that you could teach me how to fight. Well, when we talked to the packs last time, it sounded like there may be a delay in getting you a body. The way androids work, I don't think it would work with how you are right now. But there has been talk about getting you a more mechanical type of body. And I think Sparks was working on that avenue. Oh, I've got some grand ideas. So that might be something to, to talk to Sparks about for the mechanical issue. In terms of fighting, there are some things I can teach you. Uh, and yes, that is a, a bit why I uh, want to speak with you. Uh, I overheard Sparks talking in his sleep, and he said something about Killbot. Uh, <laughs> so. It was Killtron. <laughs> but, you know, tomato, tomato. I love that you talk in your sleep. This is fantastic. <laughs> about Killbots. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I'm not too excited to be uh, killing anyone. Uh, if if things come to fisticuffs, then I would I would like to know my way around a, a punch-up. There are plenty of warriors on board, so you would certainly not be the first line of defense, though it would be logical for you to know how to defend yourself, should it come to that. All right. Uh, if you'd be... If you'd be willing, when we ha when some downtime is, is available, uh, to walk me through some of your techniques, of I course. was able to download a a vid or two while we were within the armada, and of course I've been playing uh, Bloodfeast Six, which has all sorts of combativeness in it, but is not, I expect, particularly physically possible. The realisticness will also depend very much on what kind of body you get. So the type of training that we start will depend on where you are starting. Well, on the upside, I won't need to be worried about physical fitness. I would be either hale and hearty or not, depending on what sort of frame I am given, I suppose. That is true. We'll have to talk to Sparks about any upgrades or things that you would prefer as well. Uh, thank you, Ms. Kerr. Uh, and then the, the, the hand plate to open the door, uh, like illuminates on the wall and kind of flashes a few times. Oh, you are welcome. Oh, uh, it flash. It then like stays and he says, uh, please do not leave me hanging. Miss Kerr. Oh, I give him a high five. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Anything to help out the crew. All right. Uh, so you're not concerned. I'm my presence is leaving your chambers now. Goodbye. Bye Renault. Until next time. Oh, so kind of just a point of order on ship's things. Uh, Renault tends to now be more conscious in announcing or when he's coming or going. Okay. Just because he knows that when he stops talking, sometimes he can be either like creepily hanging out in someone's room <laughs> and they don't aren't aware of it, or he'll tell you when he's departing largely. Yeah, oh, okay, I just good. realized that. I was like, he's listening to Sparks sleeping. <laughs> he's, this is all right. <laughs> he's definitely watching a shower. <laughs> He's not not, not watching, watching a shower. <laughs> He's fine. All right. After six days in the black, the sun is now looming pretty much over the entire four viewport. And you can see a little speck that is broadcasting a approach signal to you. Is that cricket noise? Can we hear it? Are you like, oh, yeah. I, we kind of tune it out because it's white noise, but on the recording, that's annoying. It's there a little, but once we noise correct and stuff, it'd probably just drop right off. Okay, yeah. cool. I just thought I'd ask. Mm. Yeah, and if push comes to shovel, put a little thing in the description. Like, we yeah. had some cricket 
issues today. We'll work on it next time. Sorry. We live in San Diego. It's approaching summer. It gets hot. Yeah. Just be happy it's not that annoying bug from anime. Yeah. Okay. Cicada. Cicada. Yeah, cicadas. Ugh. The trees just scream for... Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, to the point of Ren's new body, though, at what point do I need to start making like engineering roles to design some of that? So go ahead and make an engineering check for me right now. Yeah, I got six days. You've been working on it. Can I have been teaching him strategies and stuff? Yeah, no check. You can all, you, you feel free to ask me yeah, if you need you, any assistance. If you guys want to lend a hand. What are we doing? That's oh, a 15 day. Can I give you like advice on like combat maneuverability and things like that? So in my mind, I'm actually working on a couple of designs for him. So, because I don't know how, like what he wants to do. So I've got one that's more Did defensive, one that's more him? offensive, and like a hover model is kind of what I'm thinking. Ooh. So I don't I don't have any like strong drive one way or the other yet. But point okay. So question: If he gets the physical body, would he be able to switch back and forth between like being the ship computer and being the body? In which case, if if yes. Could he, like, I'm going to be the hovercraft today or whatever? Like, could he transfer into different ones or is he stuck once he goes? Uh, you're not sure, to be honest with you. Hmm. Hmm. So, hmm. but <laughs> those basically came from, I looked at, like, the power armors in the game because I figured that's mechanically probably close to how he's going to have to function because he's not going to have any, like, other physical form, right? So the armor is going to have to have the motors and stuff for him. Yeah. Um, well, he'd be closer to a construct, like a robot. Okay. Than than an unmanned power armor, more or less. Okay, well, we'll say it was inspired by those then. Because one's like a heavy load lifter, so I imagine him being like effectively like a shield bearer. Um, Ooh, he might appreciate that. Maybe, yeah. And then the other one is like the standard battle harness, and then there's one that was just called like a flight suit or something like that. So, meh. Mm -hmm. But... Well, maybe we should ask him what he wants. Yeah. He's going to be the one who has to live with it, so to speak. Well, True. live, exist in it, so to speak. Yeah. So. To your point, that was a 21 plus assistance of 15. Can I uh, assist too, or is it just one assistance? No, you, uh, you can assist as well. Just if he's getting stuff. I rolled an 11. What are we doing? That's good enough. That's good, like, um, that will give you plus two, another plus two. Okay, so what did we say? 25 total then? Okay. So depending on the frame you want to build will determine costs. Heavier materials, more hit points, kind of more robust is going to bring cost up hmm. if you're looking for something kind of fairly basic that'll give him motor functions and a humanoid body because as you recall he was humanoid prior to his being killed right you're probably looking around twelve thousand credits for a frame or the raw materials to build said frame okay well obviously we don't have that now but no. we've at least got like a spec sheet going i guess we're starting a budget we'll get a patreon going yeah get renalta body <laughs> help us build a murder bot <laughs> Hilltron. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess we're working on that. Uh, well, you talked to Ren. Did he? He didn't express great interest in becoming a fighter. He did want to know how to fight in case he needs to, which shows that he is prepared and he is taking initiative. And I applaud him for that. Good job, Renault. But he did say his focus is more on the engineering side of it. Okay. He's a tech, first and foremost. Hmm. Okay. Build I got some tools. ideas. Hmm? Give him tools. Mm-hmm. Good ideas, yes. Yeah. All right. I so guess we're not doing it right now, yeah. 
So as you approach, you can see this small speck amidst the burning radiance of the sun grow larger and larger. Uh, and as you're able to pull it up on the screen, it's actually incredible looking. It looks almost like a stone temple floating in the void, but there are four big, almost look like dragonfly wings extending out from it, uh, made of stained glass, and from them pour multicolor radiance into the void. You can see emblazoned on the front of it is an enormous uh, longsword with a sunburst radiating out from the hilt. Uh, you know this to be the symbol of Ayomide. There are two ships in orbit around the small temple, um, and they're all being covered by a force shield that's shielding it from the burning radiance of the sun. At the distance you are, it would be close to obliterating it uh, if it were unshielded. You're given clearance through the shield, which you pass through with no problem, uh, and docking instructions to the temple itself. All right. Um, I'll make sure that we're all prepared because we don't know what we're going to encounter here. So let's see what we can see. In we go. All right. You walk through a small entryway and are greeted by a halfling and a human. Uh, the halfling has striking gold eyes and kind of a husky build. Her head is shaven and the, she has three distinct kind of notches cut out of her left ear. She gives a deferential bow to you as you enter. Uh, the human is a bit more aloof. A human probably in her mid-30s or so. She has short and lean with pale red eyes and dark hair that she keeps cropped fairly close, save for a long ponytail coming off the back. Do I know any of these, um, the notches in the ear or the way that they wear their hair to be part of the Yomade religion? These don't appear to have any religious significance. Okay. The human woman has a tattoo over her right eye of the holy symbol of Yomade with the sunburst radiating out from the eye itself and the hilt and blade going down her cheek. The hilt going up towards her forehead, the blade going down her cheek. Uh, she gives you a wide smile as you approach, but then raises her hand and she says, so uh, just the four of you then. Crick goes, oh, come on! <laughs> I just... She holds up two of her pistols that she keeps in her <laughs> belly holster. And I'm like, I'm, I'm ready. Like, give me some action. Something tells me you'll get your chance soon enough. Somebody needs to watch the ship. She goes, leave it to the goons. Sorry, no offense, goons. <laughs> and I look, are they offended? It's hard to tell. They have mirrored visors over their face. <laughs> uh, one of them says, our mistress told us that we were to ensure the completion of the trials. And the human says, well, we can ensure the completion, but we're not going to let you in. I would not go against the wishes of the knighthood in this place, our most holy temple. But we'll make sure your folks get through it. Or they won't. I mean, that's an option too. But either way, we'll have a resolution. But also so either way, you won't be coming in. And as she says this, her face kind of sterns a little bit. Mm. She extends one of her hands and a blade of radiant light forms in her grip. Oh, I grin. They kind of look at one another and say, very well, we'll also wait in the ship. Her grin returns and she opens her palm as the weapon dissipates. Great. So shall we just follow you or? We're not really clear on what we're to do here. I'm to lead you to speak with Lord Mavari. He's the keeper of the Soul Forge. I'm Sir Gwyneth Shar, and this is Squire Beltane. And the squire looks a little bit sheepish and gives you another bow. I respectfully bow to both of them. It's uh, nice to meet you guys. Hello, a place you got here. And I'm sorry, what was the human's name, sir? Sir Gwyneth Shar. 
before we follow them, I'm going to look back at Kritka and do one of those like motions of keep your eye on the goons. All right. She takes her two forelimbs and her two pedipalps and motions like to all her eyes and then <laughs> puts them, points them all at the, uh, the goons. I'll give her a thumbs up and then we'll follow them. She leads you past the foyer into a large central chamber. The central chamber extends for about 100 feet or so in front of you and about 35 feet or so to your left and right. You come through two grand doors. In the center of the chamber is a large inscription on the floor showing the longsword and sunverse of the Church of Iomide. Superimposed over it through a huge stained glass window in the ceiling is a beautiful array of scintillating colors that are played upon by the bright light shining down from the sun. There are two doors to the left and right at the ends of the small alcoves, and then directly opposite the double doors you just came through are another set of very important-looking double doors. About halfway between the doors you just came from and the doors I'm just that are right in front of you are two more doors on the left and right, like the ones that the kind of that are closer to you. They are somewhat plain and undorned looking, although all of them seem to be well crafted. They don't have the grandiosity that the double doors do. At the center of the hilt is a small podium, behind which stands a human of aging years. Despite his age, he's tall and muscular and has a serious look to his face. Uh, He also has a shaven head, but a large and droopy mustache that has gone to gray. He wears a set of armor stylized to look like ancient plate mail, although a couple of quick glances show it to actually be state-of-the-art heavy armor, and a small pip of radiance floats next to his shoulder, calling him out immediately as another Solarian. As Sir Gwyneth enters the chamber, she calls out, Your Lordship, presenting Ker Sylvanin, Noemi Domash, Sparks, and Lycos Nine, candidates for the Soulforge. The wizened knight says, Come forward, candidates, and stand before me. Come forward. All right. Here goes nothing. Which of you has been so blessed as to be reforged in the light? I point at Sparks. Oh, crap, you must mean me. So he, like, kind of reluctantly stands forward. Speak your name, candidate, before Yomade and the lord of this place. Uh, I mean, everybody calls me Sparks, but I guess technically my name is Rysalt? Well met, candidate Rysalt. You will be challenged within. In might, in wit, these challenges are not ones to be taken lightly. <laughs> We're not really in any danger of that. Know if you pass through these doors that you may not emerge alive. <laughs> Lately, that's been most of the doors I've walked through, so that's not really too far off. I hope your bravery is matched by your flippancy. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. The two sirs here, Gwyneth and Tirith, will help guide you through this place. Also mind... Squire Beltane, she is still in training. You may use this chamber to rest and recuperate. As you sa- as he says this, you can look around and the bare stone floors and complete lack of any chairs or soft surface seems a little antithetical to rest and recuperation, but nevertheless, it is offered. Sure, seems cozy. The two doors to the left and right of the entryway are not to be passed through by you, as they are in service of the hospitality of the knighthood. Is that understood? Absolutely. Uh, Sure. 
These doors. And he motions to the two that are basically flanking him at this point. The two individual doors, that is. Their purpose will be revealed to you in time. But your path, and the path to Yomade's forge, lies beyond. He takes a step back and motions dramatically to the double doors behind him that are intricately carved and made of stone and also, once again, stained glass here. So that light from beyond shines through and it's bright enough where it's almost hard to look at a little bit. Noemi takes a deep breath and yeah. steals herself. Do you have any preparations to make before you enter? Uh, yeah, you never told me what I do to go get the medallions for the temple guards. I sigh and roll my eyes. <laughs> we don't have to reassemble any silver monkey statues, do we? <laughs> His eyes narrow. <laughs> I have little time for your japes, Mr. Sparks. <laughs> uh, fair enough. This is where we learn how old our fans are. <laughs> I will ask again. Are you prepared, or do you need to ready yourselves? I am prepared. Everybody ready? I as ready as I'll ever be. We'll start going for the door. He nods and says, Then enter the Soul Forge. And as you begin to approach the door, they open, a radiance spilling out, and as you approach the double doors, we will end for tonight. So thank you all for joining this episode of the Die by the Dice podcast. We appreciate the listenership. I want to give a special thanks to at Lord S. Doggis for the name of one of the squires. That would be, sorry, one of the knights. That would be Sir Tirith. And I also want to give a special shout out to Blizzard Main, who uh, said some very nice things about us uh, via Twitter. So I appreciate it. And he was the one who picked out the item for Kerr. So if you like something that people have been doing and want to kind of call that out, you can email us at diebythedice at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter either in a regular message or DM me at diebythedice. Let us know what you like and who deserves an item and why they deserve it and we're going to go ahead and let you be a patron of our squad. It's Uh, awesome. Thank you. And I mean the rest of the team is feeling a little left out so I'm not pushing for items here but maybe let's share the love a little bit. But thank you Blizzard Main for your enjoyment and support. Please recommend us to a friend, and if you could leave a review on your podcast listening method of choice, that would be phenomenal. Everyone have a good one, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>